We are here. Uh, every, we have people here for the last time in 2020. Clap. Good. There are more than the two people you heard clapping. Uh, we are in week four of this series, which is called For Good. Uh, and, and this series was designed uh, from, from what I, I felt Jesus calling me to speak about this time of year. Not just with Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, but with the election and the hard feelings that people have on each side. And just the way COVID has, has led people to, just the way the year has gone for everyone. Uh, because as Christians especially, we are called to be different in the world, to be good, to do good, and to let other people know like, why we do this, to let other people know that they have value, that, that we love them. And it's so hard, especially when other people don't show it back to us. And so a lot of people use that as an excuse to not do good. Uh, one of the things that I, I started the series with was talking about the simple fact that people are more than a number. Uh, one of the things that people tend to do is look at other people based on what they believe, on their gender, on their uh, race, on whatever else, and they base it on things that they disagree with. They base it on differences. They base it on uh, just looking at them as an opponent. And so it's easy then to make them just be a number, uh, just like a thing. Or even with people that we're trying to, to bring to church or trying to help, sometimes we look at it like, oh, well, you know, I've asked 75 people to church today. And, you know, it's good to ask people, it's good to help people, but we turn them into a number sometimes when Jesus is like, guys, everybody, everybody is, is a person. Everybody's a soul. Everybody uh, deserves our love. Now, you'd be like, well, they don't deserve our love. We don't either. But yet, God gives it to all of us. And then we talked about the simple fact that when we are living right, when we are living for Jesus, sometimes people will get to the point, it's like, well, I'm living a better life, so I'm better than them. Now, we wouldn't say that. But sometimes the things we post, the things we say, the things we do, the way we treat other people give that off. Or some other people do that to us and it hurts, but we are no better than anyone else. Any more than anyone else is better than us, but we serve somebody who can help us to love everybody, help us to do good, help us to, to bring light to a dark world, to find common ground, to find things that we agree with, to find things that, that we believe. Now, there are going to be some people that just everything checks a box against you, or you check a box against them, and it's really hard. And yet, if you look at the way Jesus lived his life, he didn't treat other people based on those things. Uh, the Pharisees disagreed with pretty much everything he said. Uh, Judas lived his life very differently. Like, other people lived their lives very differently. And yet, Jesus still showed them love. Jesus still treated them with respect. He still did good. He still helped them. He still was there. So the scripture I want to, to read today is one of my favorites, and it's one that really, uh, it's called the final judgment, and it's one that, that really shows the importance of doing good. And so I'm going to go with Matthew 25, 31 through 46. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will soon, uh, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Uh, before I get into the actual like, judgment, the actual things that he says, there are a lot of things in the world that get politicized. Uh, there's a lot of times that doing good, a lot of times helping people, a lot of times loving people, it gets politicized. And so people take different issues or they're like, well, I can't do that or I will do that or whatever, just because of the political reasons. As I said, with the election, I'm not going to get deep into the election, but we have basically two sides saying, hey, I don't like you or anything you stand for, and I don't like you. And so if one side says, hey, you know, I think the sky is blue today, they're like, no, 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 it's orange. And like, it's just ridiculous because so many things get politicized when Jesus is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
That's not what this is about. We are here to do good. In your schools, it is hard because when you try to do your best, there are people who will drag you down. They will remind you of your past. They will tell you you're not good enough. They will say, yeah, but this, and it's hard. At work, with your parents, at home, like whatever else, it can be very hard to remember why we are doing these things. Uh, it can be very hard to remember that people are more than a number. It can be very hard to find common ground. And yet Jesus says, guys, this is important. This is vital because there are basically two roads to life. Uh, if you're familiar with Robert Frost, as I'm sure everyone here is, he wrote a famous poem that is widely misunderstood. It's two roads diverge in a wood, uh, and I took the one less traveled by is what it said. You've probably heard that kind of idea. Uh, in the poem, though, Basically, the author walks down the road everybody else walked down. And like as he's walking down it, then he turns around and is like, I need to go to the other road. But it's even cooler than just saying, oh, I took this other road, because he realized that following the crowd means nothing. He realized that following uh, what other people say means nothing, that doing what's right stands up the test of time. It stands up more. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. He's like, hey, someday there's not going to be life anymore. Uh, someday you will be gone. Now, you know, hopefully it's not for hundreds of years or whatever. But someday, you're going to look back at your life and you're going to be like, hey, what mattered? What didn't? And there are people that will bring this up and they'll say like, oh, well, you'll, you should do, spend all your time reading instead of playing video games. Or you should spend more time with family instead of working. I'm not going to get into that stuff. What I'm saying is, what truly matters is how you live your life. It's your intent. It's what you do. It's who you live for. It's the good that you do. That's what stands up. That's what helps other people. Uh, so I'm going to read this part of the scripture. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did, did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Uh, before I get to the obvious point in this, I want to say what always stands out to me, and what Rayleigh has talked about is the response from the people who did this, the response from the people who helped others, the response from the people who did good, the response from the people who cared more about others, who did their best. They weren't perfect, but who did their best to, to do right, to do good, to stand up for, for light. Uh, they said, when did we do this? Now, what that tells me is that while they were living their lives, they weren't like, well, I'm going to do this so that people think I'm cool. Uh, I'm going to do this so it looks good. I'm going to do this and then be different. I'm going to do this and, and do that. They were just doing it. Now, that's not to say that if you, you go and you, you do a mission trip or you do uh, social work or you help other people so that you can get community service hours or something, that's still good. But it's important to remember why we are doing this. It's not to make people change. It's not to make people be different. Uh, one of the things that I've talked to people about before and that I've felt myself is, You'll hear a lot of people saying, well, don't give them money, they'll just waste it. Now, everybody has thought that, everybody has said that. I'm not going to tell you who or what to give your money to. I know that most of us don't have money to just throw around. Uh, but one of the things someone very wise said to me recently, and I agreed with it, was, it, it, you know, it's not on you 
what they do with what you give them, whether it's your time or your money or your food or whatever. It's on you to do what is right for you, to listen to the Spirit leading you, to do what He is telling you to do. If they waste it, if they do something wrong, that's not why you did it in the first place. You see, we don't do good for people. We don't help people so that they will then be like, oh man, Nate did this for me and so now I'm a Christian. Like I couldn't do anything without him. Or man, Seth gave me a dollar and it was right when I needed it and he's the greatest hero I've ever faced or whatever. That's not why we do it. That's what a lot of people do things for. Why we do it is because it's right. It's because we are listening to the Spirit, not to the political agenda. We are listening to what Jesus says. We are following His example. We are doing what is right. We are doing good. And Jesus very clearly here says, hey, this matters. This matters more than what the parties say. This matters more than what your friends say. This matters more than what popularity says. This matters more than what the YouTubes say. This matters more than what the Instagrams say, the face chats and all this other stuff. And I'm intentionally sounding old. But this matters more than that. Because this is showing that you see that everyone else has value. This is showing that you believe what Jesus is saying. This is showing that it's about more than just following him in name. It's about standing up. It's about looking like Jesus looked, not growing a beard or whatever else you you think he looked like. It's about how he washed the feet of all the disciples just a few days before he died, including Judas' feet. Knowing that Judas had already betrayed him, had already set into motion, he still washed his feet. Now, it's gross to look at feet. I get that. Believe me. But he washed them, not even to prove a point, but just because he wanted them to see, hey, guys, you're here to be a servant. You're here to help other people. You're here to do good. You're here to pick up the cross, to pick up the lessons that I've taught you, and then to go out and do them. Do you think that the disciples, especially after Jesus was crucified, Even after they saw him return and he went up to heaven. Do you think that they were anxious to go and help the Pharisees go and help the people that had just killed their savior, their friend, their brother? No. Do you think that Paul, who had lived half of his life very stubborn and angrily, when he changed and he realized how important it was, when he literally saw the difference between one way and another way, when he literally changed his life, do you think that he was like, I can't wait to go and talk to these people that were just like me? No. Do you think that the Christian adults that you've known in your life, the Christian teens that you've known in your life, the people that you think of, if I were to say, hey, think of somebody who has had an impact on your life from a a faith point of view, from a spiritual point of view, from a Christian point of view. Think of those people. Don't say them, but just think of those people. Do you think that every single time they've done good, they've been like, this was the right thing. This was awesome. Or do you think sometimes they're like, man, this person's just never going to get it. I've talked to them about this a hundred times, or I've done this for them a hundred times, and they just don't change. That can be frustrating. Uh, one of the things in my life, I was raised my, my, by my great-grandparents. It's hard to talk sometimes. And at the end of my great-grandma's life, uh, after I finished one of my very, very important master's degrees that aren't at all costing me money with being unused, uh, go into English, kids. It's worth it. Uh, but... One of the things is I went home and I took care of my great-grandma who had Alzheimer's at that point. And, you know, I lived there, I helped her, I did what I could. There would be times that she would ask the same question just over and over and over again. And, and I knew that it wasn't her fault, but it still gets so frustrating. It, you probably in your life have had to tell your parents the same thing. Like, hey, where are you going tonight? Hey, where are you going? Do you have my phone number? Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, it gets so frustrating. 
And I would get frustrated. It's okay to be frustrated, but you still help. I remember one situation. Uh, I had this awesome poster, like a, a, an Indiana University poster for basketball. This was when we were a basketball school and not a football school like we are now. And uh, it was number 12. And this was a poster with the five championship teams, which is five more than Purdue has, but five championship teams. And it was just on my door. And like I, would, I was a youth pastor then, and so I'd go to church, and I came back one time, and it was gone. And like I had it taped up, it was on the outside of my door. And I was like, hey, you know, I went to my grandma, and I'm like, hey, you know, did you take this? What did you do? And she had no idea what I was talking about, because again, she had Alzheimer's, and I understood that. So I looked through the house. I found it in the back bathroom, just in a corner. I had no idea. There was no way to find out why she'd done this. Uh, I went and I put it up. A couple weeks later, I put more tape. A couple weeks later, it was gone again. And you know, same deal. I walked around, I found it somewhere different. And then I put it back up. I put so much tape on it that I went through like two rolls of tape putting it up there. Now you may be saying, why didn't you just put it inside your door? Well, I was young and stupid. And I came back once, and all that was left was the corner. And even before I looked, I knew I was never going to find it. And it was gone. And the frustrating part was knowing, A, that it wasn't her fault, and B, that I would never, ever find out why she did that. Never. In your life, people are going to do things or think things or uh, want things, and you're going to be like, I have no idea what makes this person tick. I have no idea why this person is the way they are. I have no idea why this person needs help. I have no idea why this person doesn't just do this. But there are also going to be times that people think that of us. Because we all do stupid stuff sometimes. We all just like do something selfish or greedy or stupid. And it's like we don't think ahead sometimes, all of us. But we're conditioned because we're human to look at things where if I do something, then I understand why I did it. I know all of my reasons. If somebody else does something, we don't know those. And yet we're like, well, they should understand me. Well, my whole point with that is it is not for us to question why someone needs help. And again, I'm not going to tell you how to help people because there are a lot of different ways. But it is not on us to question why someone needs help. It's on us to be like, how can I help them? Is it praying for them? Is it saying I love you? Is it waving? Is it giving food? Is it giving my time? Is it telling someone else that they need help? Whatever it is. It's so far beyond politics. This is why we are here. This is why Jesus was here. This is who Jesus is and who he wants us to be. And he says very clearly, this is important, guys. Because there are a lot of people who, it's very easy to say you're a Christian. Very easy. There are a lot of people in the history of time who have said, I'm doing this for God. And then, you know, stolen or uh, taken, committed adultery like David did. Or murdered like Moses did. Or stolen airplanes or whatever else. Like done all these different things. Now, unfortunately, the world sees that and they're like, that's what all Christians are like. It's not. But we see that. And those people, it's probably shocking to them someday where they're like, wait, but I said I was a Christian. Well, did you change the way you lived? Did you treat people better? Did you try to follow Jesus? No. You know, did you pray to him? No. But I went to church twice a year. Now, I'm not questioning people who go to church. I'm not saying there's a certain amount of time that you go. I'm saying that it's a heart issue not an attendance issue. It's not even a money issue. And what Jesus is saying here is, hey, if you say that you are following me, and yet you look at people, and you shame them, and you say you're not worth anything, and you say I'm above you, 
Are you following me? And this is something that only each of us can answer on our own. But it's a big deal for him to put this, to say this in Scripture, to say, hey, forget all the other stuff. And just, what are you doing? If somebody needs help, what are you doing? There's a second part, which can get scary. This is verse 41. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth, when you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. There's a very key word there, a very important word, and that's refused. There are going to be people in your life that need help and you just don't realize it, or you're not able to help them. As I said, like most of us, we don't have the money to, to, to give, much less to, to uh, donate our time sometimes and like things like that. Like, you know, you have school, you have work, you have family things, you have COVID. Sorry, but you do. There are all kinds of things, and it's, you know, sometimes our desires don't match up with what we're able to do. But that word, refused, that means that sometimes people, and we've probably all seen this, but don't judge. Sometimes people look at someone in need, and instead of saying, I wish I could help them, or I'm going to pray for them, they're like, that person's worthless. And I'm not talking just homeless people or people that, that need money. I'm talking people that, that need emotional help, people that need spiritual help, people that need any kind of help. They look at them and are like, eh, whatever. Or I don't want to help them. That refusal is what Jesus is talking about. He's not saying that if you do all of these good deeds, then you're good. And if you don't do good deeds, then you're bad. He's saying if you look at someone in need and you know that they're in need, whatever reason, even if they just need somebody to listen to them, if you know and you refuse, you actively say, they're not worth my time. Not, I don't have the time right now, but I'm going to pray. But they are not worth my time. That's refusing. If you actively do that, if you actively live your life that way, he's like, hey, you got to get in check. Now, why did he say this? He didn't say this to say, hey, if you've lived your life wrong, you're done. He did this to say, guys, disciples, people, everybody at Faith Community Methodist, Everybody online, all seven of you watching. If you haven't done this till now, you're done. He's not saying that. He put this, and it is kind of scary, to say, hey, think about where your heart is. Think about what you feel when you read this, when you hear this. Think about what you feel when you see that other people need help. Think about what you feel and which is more important to you. Your belief in Jesus or your belief in a political party? Your belief in Jesus or your belief in a sport? And sports are awesome. Which is more important to you? And he gives us time to change. One of the themes of when I talk to you guys is people will look at you and say, and we've said this, people will look at you and say, uh, you know, you're, you're not old enough to share your opinion. You don't know anything. And then sometimes those same people will look at you and say, hey, you need to act your age and be more mature. And it's difficult. 
I'm told to be more mature still. Because I don't get like the Home Depot Lowe's things. Like I'm video game. I actually just won Fortnite before I came. But it's very hard because those are mixed messages. But what I tell you is that you're not the future of the church, the future of Christianity. You are the church. And you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But you have this calling. And you're thinking, but, but if I do good, is it really going to change anything? Can I really change the world? Can I really make things better? Because it seems like 50% hates the other 50%. Can I change that? No. Then why should I do it? If nothing I do matters, then what should I do? Well, that's not what I'm saying. Because if nothing you do matters, then everything you do matters. What? That doesn't make any sense. It does, really. Because how you live your life plants a seed. What you think of other people plants a seed. What you do in your life plants a seed. And people see that. Even people that make fun of you, even people that mock you, even people that hurt your feelings, even people that refuse to listen to you, they still see it. Now, does that mean that everyone that sees it is going to change? No. Does it mean that if you give your time, you give your your help, you give your prayers, you give your love to people that they're going to be like, oh, this is so worth it? No. But it means that you are doing something that's right. And you see the people in the the first part where I was like, they, they really truly thought we're just living like Jesus what do you mean? Like, I don't go to you. It's just like I'm helping people. Yeah. The people in the second part are like, what do you mean people in need? I don't see anybody in need. I had to do all of this myself. So they should too. There's literally no one in the history of time who has gone through their entire life with no help whatsoever. I'm not talking financially. I'm not talking whatever else. I'm talking Everybody has some help, whether it's family, friends, uh, a church, whether it's just somebody listening. That's what helping means. It is a real shame to me that what I'm saying is considered in some ways revolutionary. Because when Jesus said this, it was also considered revolutionary. And to me, I'm like, well, Jesus said this 2,000 years ago. People should get it now. They don't. It can be so frustrating to look at the world and be like, how can people treat each other like this? How can my friends do this? How can people say this? How can people post this? How can people do this? I don't know. But that is not a license for us to do the same. Thanksgiving is coming up this week. And I know that some of you are seniors and some of you are older in school and this is not how you wanted to spend your senior year. I get that. Some of your Thanksgivings will look different. Your Christmases will look different. I get that. Not having youth in person for the rest of the year, that sucks. Sucks for me too. I get that. But we do have a chance. Because right now, so many people are hurting, including us. And we have a chance to be understanding. We have a chance to treat other people like more than a number. We have a chance to do good in a world that needs to see that. We have a chance to say, I'm going to be different now. And with Thanksgiving and Christmas, we have a chance to tell your parents, hey, I love you. Your friends, your family, whatever. But more importantly, to show love. Because this scripture is a big scripture. And you can take this and you can talk about end time stuff. And you can talk about other things. And actually in December, we're going to talk about Revelation. 
But what it says is who does your heart belong to? Who does your heart belong to? Do you do your best? Do you love people that hate you? Because Jesus did. Now that's not to say that you keep people around that hurt you. I'm not saying that. I'm saying we are called to be different. And you have this opportunity right now. Not only to help other people, but to ask for help. To say, man, I'm really struggling right now. I need somebody to talk to me. And to do that, to stand up and to look at the scripture and not to take it away as like scared or whatever else, agendas, but to say, you know what? I'm going to do a better job of setting an example. I'm just going to do what I can to, to, to pray for people, to love people, to help people in whatever way I can. And that'll be different for all of us. I don't know the actual percentage of Christians in the world. Uh, you can make arguments because I don't know how many people go to church and how many people follow. I don't know that, and I'm not going to judge that. But one of the things that I've said before is if just the people in this room, just the people watching online, started treating others like you wanted to be treated, man, that'd become a news story. Because it's so different. Because it's so weird. Because it's so hard. But if we did it, it would make a difference. It would plant a seed. It would show where our heart is. Now here is the kicker. Because no one here is perfect. I'm not even perfect. Sorry. I know some of you are like, what? Yeah, you are. I'm not even perfect. Nobody is. So there are going to be times that you screw up, that you say the wrong thing, that you do the wrong thing, that you do refuse to help, or you do whatever. Instead of saying, okay, well, that's who I am now. Say, okay, let me learn from this. Let me change from this. Let me step up. And I just got in this awful argument with somebody, and I'm going to apologize. Even though I wasn't wrong, that's hard. As somebody who's never wrong, it's hard to apologize when you're not. I'm going to show this person love. Not to say I'm going to change the world, but to say, this one person in front of me right now, I'm going to show them love. However that looks for you. I'm going to be open to what Jesus is telling me, and I'm going to show his light to the world that so desperately needs to see it right now. Not so it will be a story, not so people will come to church, but so people will see that as long as there is life, there is hope. Even in the midst of a pandemic, as long as there is life, there is hope. And Jesus is that hope, and he is here. And everyone here is enough. Everyone here has a chance. This past week, uh, I've talked about this before, I'm wearing the shirt, uh, Supernatural ended. Now for most people, it's like, whatever, it's a show. For me, it meant more than that because of what it stretched apart with my grandma and her death and her Alzheimer's, not in that order. All of these different things, my moves, my all this stuff. Just the way that they talk about depression, the way that they deal with things. And like, I could go for another hour and a half about that. And when it ended, I'm watch I was watching Thursday at like one o'clock in the morning and I'm crying through the whole show for various reasons. And one of the things that happened is they literally said in the show, always keep fighting. Talked about hope. I'm not saying follow supernatural over the Bible. Don't do that. But I'm saying always keep fighting. Fighting for yourself. Fighting for what's right. Fighting for Jesus. Fighting to show good in this world. 
because as long as there is life, there is hope.